0: why do we sound so good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I'm Susanna Mars, and I have just received a call from Corey Philly from British Columbia. She is the Theater and Events Services Coordinator at the Shadbolt Center for the Arts in Burnaby, and she is also the Artistic Director for Shadbolt's Theater Season. She directs the Artist in Residency program and manages special events and concerts in Deer Lake Park. I don't even know how you have time to even call in and do an interview right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know what they say is that uh if you're busy you just give it to a busy person and uh they'll do it that's for sure but i'm very excited to be here thanks very much for asking me
0: yeah it's my absolute pleasure i was looking at shadbolt online and it is a huge huge place
1: yeah well you know it's been about oh gosh i i've been here like 17 years at the shadbolt uh which is uh in the city of burnaby here in just outside of vancouver and There are lots of things going on. There's kind of three major components, which are sort of our educational component, um, our special events area, and then uh, what I do, which is live performance and residencies, et cetera, that kind of thing, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. And you have an artist in residency program. Can you speak a little bit Mm -hmm. about what that is, what that program means to you? What do people do there? Oh,
1: wow. Thanks for asking that. You know what? It's one of my favorite things that I do in my work. Uh, You know, I've been a theater artist for about... Well, probably 30, 35 years now and had, you know, run a company, done all those kinds of things. And, you know, the one thing that I know for sure about artists is what we need the most is time and space to, you know, create work and be supported in that way, which is really hard to get. And lots of times we're trying to um, find money or funds or spaces that allow those things to take place. And so it was very important to me. When I kind of came into this role at the Shadbolt, that I had the opportunity to give back, essentially. Um, I, I we do uh, visual arts residencies, we do performing arts residencies, which have been music, dance, theater. Uh, we have collaborated with large organizations like uh, Ballet BC for to mentor new choreographers in their group, and we've also done small, you know, one-person. Uh, artists uh, who want to just expand their knowledge or have a particular idea or thought uh, that they do. Um, We have three kind of levels of it. One of the the levels is just offering space. So you want to come in and and wander around and do some things as an artist and just be creative for a while. Uh, We have those kinds of spaces that are available. We then have things that are more in a developmental stage for somebody's piece or idea or thought, uh, which... um, Requires a little bit more finesse on our part, but often is more about studio work, but just in a longer time frame. And then, uh, if we think that we have dated enough and we want to maybe consider engagements or marriage, um, <laughs> we do production <laughs> residencies in our theaters, uh, where they move in from uh, we come in and people can work on any kind of technical aspects of the work that they're trying to create because. As you know, these days it's often multi uh, that are mm-hmm. going into spaces to do that. And just to give people the opportunity to be in a working theater and have all the tools necessary at their disposal
0: to really um, shoot for artistic excellence, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. amazing because you span over so many genres.
1: Yeah, and you know, that's what's so cool about it because... You know, I'm a theater uh, hound. Uh, That's where I come out of. I I started as an actor and uh, moved into a writer, performer, you know, that kind of stuff, producer. Uh, And so for me, that was my foundation. I did contemporary dance as a youngster, but really had moved out of that. And so now I'm kind of in this great space where I see all kinds of different artistic practice. And I honestly have to say I've been so inspired by people because, uh, it's really it broadened my understanding of what is possible, but also I get invited into rooms, you know, and mm-hmm. have these amazing creative conversations. And, and it's so sparked, you know, uh, the, the imagination and the intelligence and, you know, and, and the compassion, right? Because mm. you're, you're opening your heart to something that's new and exciting and, um or just or weird and difficult or whatever right but you're you're present for that and that's really uh
0: really an honor honestly it's interesting because it made me think how do you maintain your work art balance you know you're an arts administrator <laughs> and how do you act as an artist how do you manage that navigate that <laughs> well <laughs>
1: Uh, I think that work uh, art balance is a fallacy. <laughs> I think I've tried to, to, um, to try to create that for myself, you know, at times as possible, but I don't know anymore how one uh, is one thing and not the other mm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for such a long time. I, in a weird way, I offer the thing to people that maybe I want, which is just time to just noodle around in my own creative juices. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, i'm you know I am fortunate I get asked to do things i I'm mostly have been in the last few years more of a writer and a director and and uh, so it's much um, it's not much easier please don't get that but mm-hmm. it uh, it's been so i get I get offers you know to do mm-hmm. things so then you know like everybody else in the world, whatever they do uh, uh you just carve out or sometimes muscle out or sometimes elbow out. Some time for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that can be, uh, and so you, that's what you do. I mean, I wish I could say I'm unique within the arts world, but I'm really not. I'm just another person who's working multiple things to do the things they love, right?
0: Yes. It's interesting because I navigate the same thing. I'm a work, you know, in a lot of different artistic areas. And I've often thought it's like that ability to surrender control of what you think you're supposed (laughs) to be doing. You end up in a room, something inspires you and you think, okay, that's, I'm going to focus on that for a little while. I'm going to learn how to do that. I'm going to work in this area, but it, it's so weird. I I don't even think it's necessarily an artistic issue. It's really everyone's life. You know, what are we really supposed to be doing? How do we even know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. How do you follow your passion? Right. Like how do you, how do you make things happen? And sometimes when it just seems so nasty and ugly and tiring and all that, um, yeah, I always call it it. I see, I slightly call it an addiction because I'm not really sure I can put it down. Mm. So I'm pretty sure I can't after the amount of time that I've done it. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't know how you feel about
0: it, but yeah, Yeah, same way. It's, it's my life. That's how it is. And I, I know that you've, you're doing something really unique this year in your directing your whole season toward women artists.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have been, um, uh, well, first of all, you know, it's as, as two women artists, we, we know, I mean, we were just saying this before we started about how you don't think about the things you have to do to make things happen or whether that's harder for you necessarily or anything like that, because you're in the thick of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But but you know, I can remember um, I, I started about 25 years ago. There was a, a, a festival in um, in Vancouver, used to call the Women in View Festival, mm-hmm. and was all female-initiated work uh, that uh, spanned over like a 10-day period and was all over the place. And there was all kinds of different things: readings, you know, all kinds of different artistic enterprises. And it ran for about 10 years, and then. Um, oddly enough, or maybe not oddly enough, my company, um, my theatre company, which was a small theatre company I ran for about 10 years called La Luna Productions, we were five women who had come from that mentorship, and we created a theatre company for that period of time. So all of the work that we did was female-centred work, uh, well, because we are females, and yes. um, <laughs> um, all all, diver- all from diverse backgrounds and, and, uh, and cultural backgrounds, and... Um, and it was an all-new work. So it was it was sort of, you know, that was just what we did. So I, I kind of got into the mode of, you know, acknowledging um, kind of how that mentorship portion of it works, you know, how you give back, how you move forward once you've received it. Uh, so, but about 20 years ago, which would have been sort of in the thick of when the my theatre company was around, um, I went to uh, like a large uh, uh, theater conference here in Canada, in uh, in Stratford, in Ontario, and they were giving statistics out. And one of the statistics that were out were something like, I'm going to say this, and uh, please don't quote me, but it was under 20% of female win- uh, females uh, in the arts who were executive directors or directors mm-hmm. or female-initiated work or all that kind of stuff. You know, kind of a, a shocking statistic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... And so weird when you're thinking about it. I mean, and, uh, and, and that had not moved from the time when I had worked in the festival level for this women in view festival, which is why it started in the first place. Mm. And a blast, you know, in this last couple of years, we have seen some business happening, mm-hmm. uh, with, um, you know, uh, different companies that have occurred. Like, I, I don't know if you heard of soul pepper in Toronto, but, um, it's a big company that has existed. And, you know, the artistic and executive, uh, directors, uh, were fired because of their conduct, um,
0: Mm. towards women. Many things have happened in the States in that same vein, you know, big companies really having earthquakes of discoveries of, uh, what it is to be a woman in this work. And I actually was thinking about this recently because I started to think about when I have been directed by a woman and I could count it on one hand over, I've been doing theater for 30 years. And, I thought, it occurred to me very suddenly, as I was kind of being shushed in a very underhanded way in a meeting by a man, and I thought, yeah. whoa, wait a minute, how many times yeah. have I A been shushed, and I don't even think about it, like as a negative, I'm just like, bleh, I just go along with it, and yeah. how many times have I shushed myself?
1: Yeah, right? And I, I was like, how... what? Yeah. And, you, and and that's just it that's what you realize that you've internalized all that behavior, right that you yes. feel like you don't have a voice in the
0: room yes yeah
1: yeah, and so you know you can say uh, you know I mean you know most of the you know the hashtag me Too stuff and all those things that have taken place which have been very empowering I think for people, and they have been on the scale of you know sexual misconduct or things like that that have occurred for women and uh, and and some men as well of course but when you think about how just a structure, a governmental structure or a societal structure can make you not voice your opinion because you feel like you would be perceived in a particular way, Mm -hmm. or you're not going to get what you want because of that, because people in their brains, a man can say a thing and it's perfectly legitimate. A woman can say a thing and a label is given to that person. Mm -hmm. And then, And then they're never listened to. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and how do, and, and yeah, it's, it's really, um, what you were saying about your own experiences that it's so, so weird to think about how you silence yourself and Mm -hmm. then think about how the, and I feel fairly confident as a human being most of the time in rooms, but what about people who don't even have that experience of being able to speak out? Right. What are people who don't have support and, um, and uh, reflection, you know, good, confident reflections back to them about things.
0: Yeah. It, it's. I think it's, about, you know, before I start to speak in the room, I'm like, okay, is this smart enough to be out loud? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Am I am I being nice enough? I often think. Am right. I being nice enough? Mm-hmm. Right? And I just think, I mean, not that I'm, it's just like, wow, I don't think any man who sits in a room ever thinks that, right? Yeah. That I'm going to be perceived as being too harsh or, whatever label or and i just think wow because i'm uh, you know i'm pretty straightforward speaker so I, I know that but i know i know i have or or how i'm wear what i'm wearing or you mm-hmm. know i got it I got into this discussion about somebody you know because i work in a obviously a governmental structure and they were just talking about i was talking about clothing in a funny sense like how i feel some people dress oddly mm-hmm. not Not in not in a sexual offense. Right. Like not in a sense. And they but immediately the two men that I was with started to talk about, um, you know, provocative. And I said and I just stopped the conversation and I thought, this is so weird. I was talking about somebody who's wearing pajamas to work and you're talking about uh, somebody, you know, breasts. I said, you know, every 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 second person has them, friend. I think you just need to get over that.
0: Right. Like that's
1: just that's your problem. (laughs)
0: Okay, so tell us a little bit about your theater season. I mean, because Shadbolt has so many events, you know, you have all sorts of stuff going on. Tell us about the female-centric pieces that you're really excited about.
1: Oh, my God. I'm really, I really am excited. I, it's so funny because, you know, uh, I'm sort of in event land right now, so it's great to be pulled back into this conversation <laughs> after doing it. Uh, so So we were, um, the kinds of things that are coming up, which are going to be terrific, is that uh, we have things like um, these really uh, sort of iconic Canadian artists like um, Martha Wainwright, who is Rufus Wainwright's sister. She's
0: amazing.
1: Um, um, She's amazing. She's amazing. Good Lord. She's opening the season for us. We're so Mm -hmm. excited about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mary Walsh from uh this hour has twenty two minutes who's kind of uh, well, she's more she's kind of legendary here. She's been a, a comedian and uh actress in um in Canada for years, forty mm-hmm. years I think, mm-hmm. you know, across it. She's been one of those she's like uh political and funny and interesting. Uh we have some uh the one I'm really excited about is this uh company called Theatre Replacement, which is uh, a renowned company here in Canada. They they tour nationally and internationally with their work. And uh, Michael Bay Yamamoto, who is uh, one of the artistic directors and is also a theatre artist herself, is creating a new piece kind of based on Minecraft called Mine. And it's really about uh, her attempt, because she has two uh, boys, uh, to get into that world and that mindset mm. of 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 kids who grow up with these video games, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they're called video games anymore, but I'm old, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah, my, and, that's um, my term
0: too. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, and it's, and, it, and just that kind of relationship about having a relationship through virtual reality. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Uh, you know, it's, and it's certainly in our... Uh, mindset these days,
0: right? Right.
1: Um, So that's one of our artists and residents that have been here for about a year working Mm -hmm. on this
0: piece. Oh, it must be so much fun to have them in the building and you're constantly in conversation about these really exciting and interesting topics. It is... It just fills
1: the space with such energy and so... And people... What I love about it is that, you know, we work in, you know, an area in which all these other things are happening and people are maybe oblivious to the theater content or whatever else is going on in the stage. But these artists are so present and so uh, and they give so much back to the community. Mm -hmm. They offer workshops and all that kind of stuff. But just being here in the space, it's such a crazy, generous experience, right? Where it just happens because you walked into a space and there are these amazing artistic experiences that are happening there it's, yeah. as a, as an audience member or patron or anybody, right?
0: Right, and to create that kind of home for artists as well where you're uh, yeah. enabling them to have an artistic home and a place to feel safe and that they can make work and, and they have an audience there because undoubtedly the people who come to Shadbolt really trust you as a person and what you're bringing to them.
1: Well, you know, and I, I really appreciate everybody's, uh, basically there's been a big buy-in over the time that I've worked here in terms of coming to something you may not know anything about, or I feel a little, you know, a little hesitant about it to what's going to happen or, you know, to making it uh, an ex- like an exciting experience, but it might be something different or it might be something unexpected or you might be a little uncomfortable or you might just be laughing your ass off. It's hard to know mm-hmm. all of those things could be happening. So, and I have such great conversations with audience members who have really invested uh, in the place. And also in, um, even among like the other staff, like, you know, we're part of a department of a large, you know, suburban government. So uh, we've had such a buy-in from other staff members who come regularly to see the work. Uh, So you kind of get, uh, I just have to, I would have to say that for me, it's what keeps me going. Mm. (laughs) It it keeps me interested, keeps me, keeps me attentive to what is happening, right?
0: Yeah, I'm curious. Do you think there is uh, some, aspects of art made in Canada versus art made in the United States. Do you notice as an administrator and a curator of work, any differences that kind of, you know, is there a a boundary in terms of what artists want to do and are interested in doing and are Mm. able to do that is different between countries?
1: Well, That's a really good question. I think, you know, just by the nature of how the United States has set up more of a a commercial system than Canada in Mm -hmm. lots of ways. I mean, it's so much bigger. If you think about, you know, I think, what is it, 330 million people live in the United States, Mm -hmm. and we have 33 million people live in Canada. So already that's going to be different, of Mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, uh, you know, what... I see is not so much the nature of what people want to talk about. I think human people, humans want to talk (laughs) about similar things. But what I see is who, what voices are being gifted with the ability to say those things. Right. Right. I mean, I think, you know, whether it's an issue around diversity or inclusion Mm -hmm. or gender identity Mm -hmm. or, or whatever, or, or sexual identity, all of those things, um, I think are at various stages in conversation,
0: yeah, I was for, so impressed uh, with um I received a document about indigenous peoples uh, and the the verbiage that is acceptable in Canada and I'd never seen such a beautiful document in the United States about explanations for why and uh the the specificity with which you are talking about um you know, Indigenous people. I, I was just taken with the beauty of it and the attention to detail.
1: Well, and, you know, I think I have been, uh, you know, we had our 150th last year. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes, 150 last year for it in for Canada. And in that moment, uh, we had gone through this long conversation about reconciliation, a formal reconciliation commitment to with uh, Indigenous people's uh, and the government of canada and the people of canada through uh in the last you know five eight years uh, and so the conversation really did come around to well how do we want to move forward and how do we uh see canada and we must see canada I- involving um all peoples right and so those languages and opportunities all of which need to happen have really been at the forefront over the last at least you know, five, 10 years in Canada mm. about how uh, uh, we gain trust again, right? How we come together as a country uh, given the past and what that means and how, uh, and the conversation that continues to need to happen and, um, you know, how reconciliation is really a process. It's not just like I forgive you
0: and that's it. Mm-hmm. Re- uh, so, maybe repatriation uh, and other ways that we can uh, show up for what we've done and be take responsibility
1: yeah absolutely and and to um, and to know that it's complicated and uh, it's not um, and that's okay it's okay that it's complicated and sometimes it's 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 frustrating and sometimes it's confusing. it should probably be all those things because it's a huge conversation. Um, so I think that language has been one of those situations in which uh, there's been a real effort. Uh, certainly in, in the arts community, I would say, in Canada, to reflect, uh, you know, reflect the relationships that we want to have with mm. Indigenous peoples um, and also to talk about it in a way that is real mm. and thoughtful and ongoing. And next year, I mean, and the other thing is to be aware of what the changes are as we continue in the process. I think that's the other thing. Right? Just just stay one thing, it changes as even as we try to you know, even as we make incremental changes now, those changes will be also changed, I think, somewhere um, along the line, right, as the conversation moves right. forward and this becomes more in-depth. So, right. yeah, it's been a, it's been very, um, I think, uh, a really good way to look at how people can be met, you know, and, um, and. To be have the patience on every level, I don't just everybody involved to to stay in the the game, like to stay in the conversation mm-hmm. to stay in the experience, yeah, 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 I think about I think that too about you know we're you know we're Canada's a pretty diverse nation, so lots of immigration and lots of people from different places um recent and otherwise mm-hmm. uh, so I you know, the only reason' the only reason I'm here is because of immigration at some point
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so you know, to honor that too, right? That it's not just a one note conversation,
0: Hmm. essentially. Yeah. I have a couple of fun questions uh, to ask you that are kind of, they're certainly on topic for artists. But the first one is, if you could choose an era in which to live, and as a person Hmm. I spoke to earlier about this said, well, can we ignore history? You know, (laughs) I said, yes, definitely. You can't ignore history. Is there an era that you would love to live in? Hmm, that's fun. Past, present, um, future.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could live in any other era that I'm in. I, I feel afraid of what it means <laughs> to <laughs> be a girl at other times. It's, hard, it's you know, it's, uh, I, I feel, you know, I think what I really feel right now is that there's, uh, it's, a. Uh, I mean, if I could go back 20 years and, and do deal more with climate change, I'd be excited about that mm. but uh so we would be in the pickle we are right in but now but um i feel more about like uh how uh really privileged uh i am anyway to be in a country in which um change can take place and conversations can take place and um regardless of sometimes the frustrations and the inequity mm. that er- that uh, that is, is there in the in the culture not just about gender but about a whole bunch of things? Those are still I'm still able to say something about them. I'm still able to do something about them. Mm. And I can honestly say uh, that I would feel like in a there's some history historical periods that really fascinate me. Like World War II always fascinate me. It fascinates me in that that kind of energy and time frame that was taking place and the immediacy of it. And there's lots of places that fascinate me, but I don't think I would. I think that in terms of just um, human rights and the ability to express creatively, I think I'm living in a pretty good time.
0: And can you recall for us a, a cultural event or a thing that you saw, whether it's a visual art, performing art, mm. uh, that it really impacted you and, and you still, still kind of inspires you?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that one of the first things that I ever saw that um, I understood was different from musical theater. How about that? Mm. <laughs> so I love musical theater. Was I was about sixteen years old and I went to see this beautiful production at a theater company here called the Arts Club in Vancouver uh, called Bent, and mm. it was about two yeah two men who fall in love in uh, Nazi prison camp, mm-hmm. um, and I was so I was wearing i can't even remember what I was wearing. Mm-hmm. I was wearing this this little frock with flowers on it and burgundy pumps, and my hair was permed, and I was sixteen and you know just I don't think I understood that theater could be so empowerful until I saw that, mm-hmm. and I often you know i mean it, obviously when you're at that age you're you know you're just open to that experience as well, but I honestly think that it it really convinced me that I could you know live a life in theater, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. live a whole life and experience these other lives that I hadn 't even imagined existed
0: hmm.
1: up until that point, and yeah. how beautiful it was. It was just so beautiful.
0: Hmm. Thank you, Corey. So much for talking to me today it's It's really a lot of fun to hear what's going on at Shadbolt and in Canada, and I'm really looking forward to learning about some of the artists that you mentioned that I haven't heard of. I'm gonna do some oh. uh, poking around and learn about new people who I've never listened to before. I appreciate you taking the time to share what you're doing. It's incredible work.
1: Oh, I appreciate you saying that. and thank you so much for having me on and also, Uh, anytime you want to come up and, uh, you know, see any shows or hang out or do anything, just let me know. We're always happy to have you.
0: Oh, gosh. Same here. Come down to Portland. We'll do a little trade-off.
1: Excellent. I think that's what we should do. (sighs) Done and done.
0: That sounds so great. Okay. We'll be in touch. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have a wonderful day, Corey. Yeah, you also. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Adventures in Artslandia. Download the Artslandia app on iTunes where you're going to find a comprehensive arts calendar that's the best in the West. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Artslandia.